0: Socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And we just can't let that happen here.
1: Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Our author, Terry Hasdorf, longtime friend, wrote the book Running Into the Fire, and she dedicated it to Christians brave enough to leave the stands, step into the arena, and serve. Terry, I think there are too many Christians they are not even in the stadium are outside the stadium <laughs> calls calling balls and strikes. And so we're anxious to hear how You're we can get right. more involved. Uh, as I mentioned, our guest today, Terry Hasdorf, she has over 20 years of experience in government, politics, and she has run into the fire. I can attest to that. And she's going to offer insights into how every, every day and every day people can approach issues like voting political donations, researching candidates, and how to enter a political race if they feel called to serve in the public sector. And uh, I've known her for many, many years, and my co-host today is Wendell Venson, uh, the co-founder of CityServe, pastors a great church in Bakersfield, Canyon Hills. Wendell, welcome. Thanks, Dave. It's good to be with you and Terry. And you know Terry as well. Uh, She's an author, speaker, consultant, and her book is published by Charisma House. We love charisma. That's kind of the mothership of this podcast, and she provides an insider's perspective on why Christians need to be involved in politics. Former congressional candidate in Alabama, an executive leader, Uh, just a wide range of experience. I told her we want to do the Spock brain drain on her. She has so much experience over so many years. Uh, she also uh, was part of the inaugural, I guess chair of the Republican Women's Federal Forum in Washington DC. And I remember Terry, there were there were like 900 applicants and you were chosen. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, we have traveled the world together. In fact, her first cha- chapter, is on our journey to Kenya and Ethiopia and how that messed her up for good for life. Uh, But I also need to add that among all of her exploits, uh, she worked very closely uh, with Wendell and me on the Faith-Based Community Initiative and was instrumental in bringing together state and mayor representatives for the Faith-Based Initiative from both sides of the aisle across the nation, to build collaborations, to find solutions for the brokenness in our communities. Terry, our good friend, welcome to the Influencers Podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Dave. It's wonderful to be with you today.
1: Well, I'm going to first defer to Wendell for the wonderful. first question.
2: Terry, tell us more about your new book, Running Into the Fire. What, what's the meaning behind the title, and how can Christians become more informed about all the issues in our nation, so many issues in our nation. How do we stay more informed?
0: Sure, well, you know, I ran for Congress in 2020. And when I finished my race, I was talking with a friend of mine who had also run for Congress about the same time I did. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, well, because they're afraid of it. They think of it as being dirty and corrupt. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's what I hear over and over. He said, but you know what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are firefighters, because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. And I thought, you know, that's exactly what we should be doing as Christians. We're called to walk in faith, not fear. And when you look at the demographics in America, 64% of Americans identify as Christians. That's the majority. And yet 41% don't, are not even registered to vote, and many times don't vote at all, even if they are registered. So that's a major issue in our country, and it's something that uh, I really wrote this book as a call to action for the body of Christ to address.
1: You know, uh, as I mentioned, you share really in your first chapter about our trip together to Kenya and Ethiopia. Why did you make that the first chapter?
0: Well, because, Dave, that had such a major impact on me in so many ways because I saw two things. Number one, I saw the incredible impact that a person could have on a community, even if it was just one person. And that's something where I think a lot of times in politics, people think, oh, I'm just one person. What can I do? And yet there's enormous things that just one person can do. And we see that very clearly with what's happened in in the Mathari Valley with Reverend Nuthu. And then in addition, what stood out to me so clearly was the fact that it was the faith based organizations. It was the Christians who were the ones there in this place that was dangerous and dirty and there's corruption. And yet it was the Christians that I saw doing the work that was so incredibly effective. I didn't see the media there. I didn't see the politicians in, in, in the local area there. I saw the Christians. And so it's something that seems like such a, a similar situation in some ways to what we experience in American politics. And yet God equips us for what he calls us to do, just like he's done with Reverend Newthu in the Mathari Valley. Yeah,
1: you may be, maybe you remember the story of a young boy Uh, that was dropped off at the kenya kids home the doorstep and the director walked out saw this little boy he was frail he couldn't even walk they picked him up put him on a a bed in the dorm he checked on the boy in the middle of the night and the boy was laying on the ground because he wasn't used to sleeping in a bed Mm. and so with our help and others we provided food clothing clean water education and we returned several months later and this young boy asked us this question he said is this what they call heaven <laughs> and you're right that's an example of how we can provide heaven in the midst of really hell on earth the mathari valley and make a difference i think that's a, just a beautiful correlation uh, to what is you know ahead of us the What kind of advice would you give to somebody that was considering considering running for like a local, state, or national office?
0: Well, first and foremost, you need to pray and be sure that God's calling you to do it. Because if you don't have that call, uh, it's going to be all about you. And that's not really why we should be serving. But if you're called to do it, that's, that's wonderful. But you need to also get trained. And you, you need to be supported properly. And so those are the three things that I think are the recipe for success with getting more people into office that are doing it with the right reasons and have the right backing and support. Um, you know, a lot of times in, in our political situation today, uh, it's all driven by money. And yet I almost titled this book less than 1% because that's the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. And so, if you're a person who feels called to run like I did, and you're honest and you're not a multimillionaire and you're not willing to take money from people who will basically own you once you get in office, where do you go? Well, you go to other like minded Christians and ask them to help when you know that they have resources. And yet, over and over and over, I was told, and I know many of my friends who are Christians who have run for office have been told, I'm sorry, we just don't get involved in politics by Christian friends that they've gone to for help. And that's what really has to change. Because if you can't go to the Christians for help, where are you left with?
2: What is a PAC and how do you determine if a specific PAC is legitimate? I think a lot of people aren't sure what a PAC is and how can they determine if it's legitimate?
0: Well, a political action committee is something that's actually a, 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 you know, entity that has been around for a long time. But a super PAC is a new creature that was created just back in 2010. It's fairly new uh, and it's basically something that can be uh, just like anything else used in really great ways and also not so great ways, uh, depending on who is who is running the PAC. So if you're running for federal office, uh, there's a limit that you have to abide by. You cannot, uh, as an individual donor, give more than $2,900 to a candidate. When you look at the cost of some of these races, they go into the millions of dollars. So if you have a very short runway like I did, I had about four or five months when the uh, lady who I was uh, taking, trying to take the place of announced that she was not running for re-election. So if you've only got four or five months to raise several hundred thousand dollars, maybe several million the only way you can do that is if you have uh, a super PAC formed that comes in to back your race. And that's a wonderful thing. But the problem is, is that a lot of times super PACs, uh, if they're, if they're uh, being run by people who maybe are not the right kind of people, uh, can also be a way for a lot of the money to wind up in the pockets of political consultants.
1: You know, this show will probably play after the midterm elections but here we are days away from the midterms. And I love what you said. I mean, only about 40% of eligible voters go to the polls for midterms. Think about that. Less than half. And, you know, it is a privilege to vote. I've spent time in China. You know, in China, uh, the citizens are only able to vote for local officials, not national. Uh, in Africa, you have to have an ID. Uh, well, most of the women in Africa don't have IDs; they don't get a vote. And so, what a privilege it is! And and Tara, I don't think people realize that at midterms, you have all 435 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives at stake. Right?
0: That's right. And no, then, you know, go ahead. No, no,
1: you go ahead. And and I mean, in 33, 34. Of the hundred seats in the Senate are up for uh, also up, you know you know here you know pretty soon and and then thirty four of thirty four of the fifty uh, state you know elect governors are up for four year you know elections that that happens during the midterms. Can you just kind of reiterate how much is at stake? You know, as we, we vote? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, Dave, our country has never been closer to the brink of socialism. And having traveled to the Soviet Union on an exchange program when I was in high school, I was selected as one of 40 student leaders across the state of Alabama to travel to seven different cities in Russia. And, you know, I saw firsthand what communism and socialism does to people and the hopelessness and the oppression and the lack and the despair were just overwhelming. And when I got back to the John F. Kennedy Airport after three long weeks in the Soviet Union, I literally got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I was so grateful to be an American. And I think most people just don't understand the incredible privilege that we have to be able to vote and how precious what we have here in this country is. Um, So it's a really critical time. You know, socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And we just can't let that happen here.
1: You know, in the Bible, we're urged you know, to, to pray for those that have authority over us. Paul said to Timothy, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, including Republican, Democrat, Independent, that we may live peacefully in quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Wendell, first of all, as a pastor over a great church, what does that scripture mean to you?
2: I think Paul's just urging us, Dave, to, to be people who pray for leaders, whether we like them or not, whether we uh, they're on our side or not, they're still in an important position of leadership, and we have a really a responsibility to lift them before the Lord, to pray for them, that God would direct them, that God would deal with their hearts, that they would be responsive to his leading.
1: And, you know, Terry, it just seems like we're in this echo chamber. You know, everybody just pretty much listens to the shows, you know, people that share their views and values. What would you say about influencing not only, let's say, your party, or your your group, you know, that shares your values, but also those that don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're in a time where uh, we really are uh, polarized in ways that are just, um, I think, more more stark than I've ever seen, and uh, it it really is not healthy for our country. United we stand. And so, you know, I think this is a time where the body of Christ can really be the the glue that kind of brings people back together. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be salt and light. And we're supposed to be peacemakers and healers, but we're also, also supposed to stand up for our values and what we believe in. So those things are all relevant uh, for the time that we find ourselves in. And that's why, you know, I've been Putting out a call of action, call to action for the body of Christ to really step up and and get involved in the mountain of government in a way that, um, you know, quite frankly, they haven't been involved in maybe ever, because this is a time when when our country needs us.
2: Terry, you know, it's always interesting to me as a pastor. We get near elections, I'll have someone bring a ballot up and say, "I don't know any of these people," and yet people are voting for, you know, every kind of position. I think of school boards of you know, different offices, and they don't know the people that they're voting for. They don't know what they stand for often. And uh, what would you say to people about just the importance of researching candidates and also about engaging in primaries, not just waiting till the main election, but engaging in primaries?
0: Mm. So it's so important to do your homework on candidates. You know, you really have to treat it like a job interview because these are people who are going to be making decisions that touch your everyday life. And, you know, if you don't know about the candidates and you don't have time to do a lot of homework, then there are uh, groups that you can plug in with where you can find other like minded people and ask them for their their research on it and then pray about it and obviously make your own decision. But, you know, there's also voter guides, Um, Faith and Freedom Network has voter guides. I know Moms for America does a lot of training for moms all across America like this. There's a lot of things that you can plug into. And in the back of my book, I have an entire list of um, a reference section where people can go to for more places to to get trained and to find other like-minded people. But it really is a a critical time. and, And you mentioned primaries you know, in a, in a primary in some states, that is the election. So I know like in my in my race, when I ran, uh, the, the, it was such a solidly Republican district, the primary was the election. And so, you know, on paper, all of the candidates looked exactly alike. We all checked certain boxes. And yet when you started scratching below the surface, just the slightest bit, we couldn't have been more different. So that's what people really have to do. You really have to get to know these candidates because that's where you weed out the good from the bad, the rhinos from the other. You know, that's that's the, the most important part sometimes is the primary.
1: Excellent. And there that is and there are so many ways that we can influence government uh, at the, again, federal, state and local levels. There are so many positions. I know I was asked by Health and Human Services to serve on SAMHSA's commission, Subs Abuse mental health. I learned a ton. I was on there for four years. I showed up the first day and I asked uh, the chairperson, you know, how I can best help. And he said, do you see that guy over there? And I said, yeah, he he is our faith-based representative for SAMHSA, you know, for CSET. I said, oh, great. Well, I, I look forward to helping him. He said, today's his last day. I want you to take his post on my first day. And I said, why me? And he said, well, you're the only faith-based guy here. Wow. And I said, what do do I do? He says, well, you give a little speech on why, you know, you should uh, be elected. I said, really? And then you recuse yourself and, you know, go to the restroom, whatever, and you come back in, we, you know, and we'll have a vote. So sure enough, that's what happened. And. I was surrounded by the, all these doctors, they had more PhDs than you know, I ever dreamed of, but, but it was a great opportunity to learn how our funds, our tax dollars are spent, and Terry Wendell and you, we know this, that ultimately it's not about the money, it's he who has the money makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And if you are getting that money, then you become the recommended social service provider. Now, Terry, you are the director, the faith-based director for USAID. That was a huge role. Talk with us about <laughs> there are groups that do not share a moral biblical values that repeatedly won out of default because faith based groups, Christian groups, were not even competing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, it's the same thing with the Christian candidates running for office. If we're not running, <laughs> we automatically are not going to be on the ballot. We're not, we're not going to be in the game. Uh, you know, the whole point of the faith-based initiative was to level the playing field and make sure that faith-based groups were not being discriminated against. And the Christian groups many times are the ones that think, oh gosh, I don't want to go near the government. And yet, if we're not there in that arena... Then there's going to leave that's going to leave a void, and somebody's going to fill it, and it may not be somebody who's as good as we are uh, at, at at that role. So it, it's very similar to running for office.
1: And I I've learned, like you guys have, that there's no such thing as separation of church and state. If the state needs what you have, that's right. And that's exactly so right. many faith-based organizations are the best social service provider but again if we're not competing then people in need people that are broken you know by default have to use another service that may not be the best
0: that's exactly right, Dave. And, you know, faith-based groups, as long as they stay in compliance, can do, they make sure that they're following the guidelines, can do everything that uh, anyone else can do, and they shouldn't be discriminated against. And it's the same thing with, you know, uh, finding people who are willing to get involved in government. If we're not involved, then others will be. And and many times they just will not share the same values or be in it for the same reasons. And we can win. That's you
1: know, Wendell, share with us about One of the big wins cities sort of got there in Bakersfield recently.
2: We just won, Terry, um, a $30 million uh, housing grant for transitional housing project that we're doing, really helping people get job ready after they come out of other programs like Teen Challenge or The Mission or programs like that. It gives them another 18 months to get job ready to help us elevate them so that they can have meaningful work and have certifications for that work. And, uh, and we can do it in a context faith-based. that's faith-based.
0: That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. What a phenomenal program. That's so needed right now because I know there's so many people that are struggling to find good jobs. So congratulations. That's amazing.
1: Thank you. Terry, at, at the end of the day, as our listeners read your incredible book, what do you hope will happen in their life?
0: You know, I really uh, wrote the book to give people hope. I'm trying to help them understand that you can make a difference. I want to empower people to realize I have the ability to get involved in government. And if if we don't like what we see happening around us, it's our job to change it. So, you know, I want to I want to teach them where the levers are. I want to show them that there are things that just even one person can do to make a difference and then, you know, hopefully inspire them to take action and get involved.
1: And it's so practical, this book. Share with us some of the, you mentioned the one uh, at the very end, you know, has kind of a, the categories of ways that pe- people can be involved. Share with us some of the practical things that are in this book for people that want to make a difference.
0: Sure. So, you know, even if you don't feel called to run for office yourself or called to, to, to serve in government directly, that's Okay. Not everybody's called to do that, but that doesn't mean that you get a pass. You still have to help others that are called because they need that support desperately. And so it may look like, you know, attending a town hall meeting, putting up a yard sign, making sure that you call into a radio show that that candidate that you vetted out and you know that they're doing it for all the right reasons is going to be on. And you call in and say, I'm supporting this candidate and here's why. It may be, uh, you know, encouraging your friends to come to a fundraiser that you hold for that candidate. But more than anything it means voting, <laughs> voting for that candidate. And that's what we need to all go do on Tuesday with the candidates that we've done our homework on.
1: Yep. Re- John Lewis, former representative, he would say that, that voting is precious, uh, almost sacred. And that, that is the truth. Where can we find more information about running into the fire? Why more Christians need to be involved in politics? And how can our listeners connect with you?
0: Well, you can go to my website, GodOverGovernment.com. If I were going to sum the book up in three words, it would be that. We choose God Over Government. Uh, And so GodOverGovernment.com. The book is available on uh, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all the major outlets. Uh, But you can find it through my website as well.
1: Great to have you on the Influencers Podcast, our dear friend. You're doing an awesome job. man, Terry.
0: Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be with both of you today. I'm really grateful.
2: Wonderful. We're praying for you and we're excited for this book, Terry. Thanks so much.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy
2: our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at The Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer.
1: Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.